Welcome to another edition of CCM in 3D. Glad you joined us. This is the podcast where we talk about a fine, fine era in Christian music, the formative years of 1985 to 1995. And we've got Dave. Hey, everybody. We got Derek. Oh, sorry. Hi. <laughs> and, yeah, we got myself, Dan, and we are the 3Ds. That's pretty clever, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. And uh, today's podcast, we're looking back at some live albums. And Derek, when you first texted me about live albums, I thought live albums. Huh, yeah. The only live album I could think of is Cindy Morgan, A Reason to Live. Oh, that's that's not nice. it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that will not be on this yeah, podcast. No, so it won't. Okay. It's not All live. Right. Nope. You know, yeah. since we're doing live albums, I feel compelled to, to do a sound check. Check. One, two, three, four. Check. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Sibilance. Yes. Right. Nice. And always well, the drums. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah, have to do the drums boom. 200 times in a sound yeah. check. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Boom, boom. <laughs> Could you just do that throughout the podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll just <laughs> randomly. <laughs> boom, boom. boom. Random. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, kind of picked some albums here, or at least uh, it looks like we all kind of picked some albums we'd like to talk about. Um, so, uh, before we get into some of the specific albums, though, some notes I had just about live albums in general. I like the live albums that do their best to actually capture that live feel. I know that uh-huh. kind of goes without, goes without saying, right? But Every live concert I go to has, you know, a great depth of sound, you know, just some deep, deep bass you can feel in your chest. Sure. You know, when, you, when you're, when you're going yeah. to that, you can feel those just hitting you. Um, I think good live albums stick with what's familiar, mm-hmm. but step out with the music, maybe do some riffs or different takes to include the crowd or something, and then maybe back into the familiar. Hmm. So there's this familiar theme. Hey, I know that song. And then they dip in and out with something new, which is like, oh, that's kind of cool. So it helps showcase some of the talent they brought with them to the live show. You know, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I like uh, live albums that include songs or riffs or chants you can't find anywhere else, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the, ex- there's even some that, you know, they go into extended versions of some of their favorites. That's right. always fun. Um, classic mashups. You know, and all uh, those throwbacks that they do. I love those. Right. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, a little side note here. Whenever I would go to a concert with my daughters, I eventually got to the point where I'd play a game with them and it would be guess the opening song. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and yeah. If, they, if, they, if they knew it, I would actually buy them an item of merchandise. Wow. Really? Okay. I said, hey, if you nail this, I'll buy you an item of merchandise. And there were sometimes, you know, the artists come out and it's not anywhere near what you were expecting. <laughs> so nobody yeah, got I wanna, anything. I want to go to concert with you, Dan. Boy, no kidding. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Just count me in on the next concert. Just that's right. Whenever, yeah. wherever, I'm there. So you know, I think crowd noise is good to have in it. Uh, live albums, um, and so anyway, all these things combined just make me feel like I'm there. If I really turn up the headphones in the car and the stereo or whatever, mm, um, yeah. you know, I just really feel like I'm there. So yeah. Um, so yeah. are we all kind of in agreement that uh, a live album should be kind of a raw, you know, portrait of what happened at the show rather than, okay, we recorded the show and we went back and we polished it for eight months in the studio. So I, I take it you guys like the 
the raw artifact better than the polished thing? Is that is am I hearing that right? I might not even know the difference. Okay. To what be about honest. You, Dave? Yeah. Um, well, that's a tough question because I I agree with Dan. I absolutely want to like relive the show because we have the show. You've got the energy. You know, it's just a different experience. So you want some of that to translate on the album. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard some live albums that I expected to be great because I went to the show and the quality is just terrible. Right. And I just didn't want to listen to the album. So right. I think a little bit of both for me is my answer. Okay. Yeah. I think to each his own, and that I think there's. Something to be said for for each, and and yeah, I, I think I don't think there's any right answer on that. It's some people like a a raw souvenir of what the show sounded like, and somebody kind of want some people kind of want it to be a really produced uh, album that puts the band's best foot forward, mm-hmm. making it kind of a live-ish album as opposed to a. This is literally right. the board mix from the board. So exactly, yeah. Can That's I interesting because just... see, I, I'll be oh, honest, Eric, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, I thought, I thought, uh, you know, sometimes you can tell. Almost seems like they just set up microphones in the crowd and just recorded it, or, <laughs> yeah. or they actually, like you said, pulled the tracks right out of the out of the soundboard, <clears throat> put them in. You know, I don't know how they how they did it exactly. So sure. that's interesting. Yeah, there. If you go back, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of what we might call secular uh live albums that are you just you listen to them you think that is a little too polished Mm. that that to me sounds like they've gone back and sweetened things up a bit in the studio and then Uh there's some that sound very raw and you can you have no trouble thinking that is probably very much what it sounded like sitting in the third row at that show so there there's right. a, i think there's a big difference um and I, again no, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer i just think it's whatever you prefer yeah i don't i just didn't want ones that sounded like you know like today maybe you'd record it off your phone you yes. know it's like Thank i just you. didn't want that thin of a sound right right, right. Yep. well i wanted to throw out something for you guys before we dive yep. into the meat and potatoes of where we're going with this and that is to kind of bemoan the lack of live albums from this time period. Yes. Yes. I am yep. just really um, upset. I'm really upset that a lot of these classic acts that could really hack it live didn't, ha- I, I, I guess up until now, haven't we haven't seen anything from them live. Wouldn't you? I mean, I've seen Russ Taff live back in the metals and, and the mm-hmm. self-titled album days, and even the way yep. home, I think I saw that tour. He was phenomenal in yep. those days, and no live uh, material from Russ whatsoever. Amy Grant, good grief! How did Murr drop the ball on not putting out a full-length concert video and album of that? I was that just going to say, tour? yeah. How Amy did that was, not happen? Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, the, yes, on the 20th anniversary edition, they've got some live tracks on the second disc. And and that only proves my point more. That ba- that band was unbelievable. They mm-hmm. were phenomenal. So I, I just can't fathom how we don't have a full-blown Amy Grant live album from that time period. I just That's the one artist that I just don't, I don't get at all that they didn't pull the trigger on that right guarded or leave me on yes even one of those tours i mean there's there's so many hits that she did and the show was just amazing yet no live album yep i agree how do we not have freedom era whiteheart yes. live? right don't know 
I, I don't either. How do we not have some of the Rich Mullins shows? Rich was always so good live. I was, was just so I was just going to say that Rich. So yes. you know, I remember I don't remember a ton about his show when I went and saw it, but I do remember this that at the end of the show that I was at, he had an audience participation chorus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eventually, every member of the band just left the stage one at a time. And so yep. eventually, it was just the crowd standing there singing. And you didn't know how long that was going to go on. <laughs> right. right. And I love that. It was yep. really cool. Yep. Yeah. And, but of course, you had to be there to experience it. But it was a really neat experience. And so that's the main thing. If I say nothing else in this podcast, I want to say that is, boy, CCM industry from 1985 to 1995, you guys blew it. You blew it by not <laughs> releasing good live material from this time because there were some great acts that were really able to cut it live and we just we have nothing we just have nothing if you put on your musician hat derek why do you why do you think that is i don't think it's not a budget thing right because i would think it would be less expensive to do a live album than to do a full-blown new album right i don't know i i don't know that i have a good answer maybe Hmm. it's because in order to get a good proper sound, you've got to have like a mobile recording truck go out to the live gig and that maybe cost more money than the record company wanted to put toward it. I don't know. I'm just or yeah, I'm or thinking the return out loud. On it. You know, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was oh, just yeah. it wouldn't sell as big. Right. Sure. I don't know. Well, well and, and that that's a very common thing in the quote unquote secular uh, world with with bands is a lot of bands will do if they do a big album like say a huge album then the next album will sometimes not always but sometimes be a live album and that live album is a placeholder because the band has been on tour for 18 months for the big album and they need to write new material but they haven't been able to because they've been on the road for 18 months and the perfect example of this is U2 after Joshua Tree what was the next album that U2 put out yeah, Rattle and Hum. Rattle yeah. and Hum, right. So they put out a live album as kind of a placeholder so they could gather their wits and plan the album to follow up Joshua, uh, which is Octoon Baby. That's right. Octoon Baby. So and and they and of course that they described the sound of Octoon Baby being the sound of four men chopping down the Joshua tree. Yeah. So they're trying to they're trying <laughs> right. to outdo yes. what they did on the Josh. Yes. So good. Anyway, just I just think Christian concerts were never the point. I think the albums were always the point. Hmm. I, I just I think that's the way it was, and that's the difference between the music industry pre-COVID. Um, that people, there was no money to be made on the selling of records anymore, so you toured. And that's where you made money, was on the road. Now that's, of right. course, pre-COVID. So now I don't know what yeah. you do to make money. So True. Um, so that was kind of always the thing, was the, the next album, the next album, the next album. And I don't think they just had much of a vision for live albums. So that's sad. It's a no, missed opportunity. It's it's unfortunate because uh, there were so many good acts that could have done a great album. Yep, great live yep. album. Well, let's dive into the ones that did do albums. And let's do see what we can find. <laughs> well, so it's interesting. So the first one I've got here because it's early in our time period here is "Captured in Time and Space" from Petra, mm-hmm. and that was 1986. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
follows their beat the system. So kind of similar to what you just said, they had a pretty big album and then they go ahead and do Captured in Time and Space uh, and include 16 songs, three medleys uh, and a new song. That's right. Um, uh, some of my favorite, favorite parts of this album are some of the great medleys uh, and the yes. first six, six songs, five of them are from Beat the System. Yeah, with right. grave robber robbery between them, so that's right. Uh, now the saddest part of this CD is, is it's the end two. of the Vols Vols era, right? Yes, and track two, and track two, and track two. <laughs> computer, <laughs> computer brains. Yes, computer brains. <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, go back to the uh, deep dive into Petrus beat the system, and you will come back enlightened. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I uh, just put a couple of notes down for this. Uh, again, if, if homework-wise, you go back and listen to this, um, I think Greg Volz does a great job asking the crowd to sing it back to him. You know, yeah. he'll constantly yeah. ask him, hey, tell me about it, you know, and you'll ask him, you know, kind of get them involved. Uh, like you said, the rock medleys, like I mentioned, just rock medley, uh, praise medley, um, just great, kind of a more mellow medley. I mean, I think they did a really good job going between all those songs. Yep. I just and because the problem is there's so much Petra history to incorporate into this concert. I think wow. they did a pretty good job of that. Um, now, some of the things that I wasn't so wild about, I don't know that I'm wild about a live album, including solos. I was going to bring that up. What do, oh. you guys, what do you guys think about going to a concert and seeing solos? I like going to them and seeing them. I don't know if I have to relive them. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I I, I yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's it's really impressive when you're standing there watching it, but it's less less impressive when you're listening to it. I yeah yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. I could do yeah. away with them either place because chances are, if I'm with thousands of people in an arena watching you play, I know you could play the guitar. I know you could play the drums. And I just want to hear the hits, right? Right. I mean, and I especially don't want to listen back, you know, in my, in my car, you know. And I know the, the the keyboard solo from John Lowry is great with the G G G G G G G G. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know, they, how about this? How about we get rid of the solos from the album and we substitute that with Adonai? I cannot believe Adonai was yes. on oh, the live album. Thank you. I know. My favorite. You yeah. just, yes. I, no. <laughs> I'm, yeah, Dave, you just took the words right out of my mouth because that's, that's exactly where I was going. That, okay. That's unconscionable that that song's not yes. on here. That's terrible. That's the worst. That's the best song on Beat the System and it it's is. not on here. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That's right. I'd rather. I'd rather dump the Jesus Loves You keyboard solo and Bob Hartman's solo. Yep. Or the drum solo. All the solos. Right, all, all of them. Hear a couple more hits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, because the problem with them is just the sustainability of the listen, right? It's like, right. oh, yeah. hey, right. you know, you get your friend in the car. Hey, listen to what you just missed. You know, and then you play it for him and you don't really replay those. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah. they're just there. Now, the one... Once uh, song, well, song medley on here that I replay over and over again is the uh, praise medley. Yes, I fantastic. love that. Yep. that yeah, that's section. good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had never before. So again, I came into Petra with Beat the System. So then I hear Capturing Time and Space here, 
And so really, I'd never heard those songs before mm -hmm. from Petra. Yeah. So that was kind of my first exposure to it. And I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. And I just yeah. played it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. My, I came into Petra with uh, Never Say Die, so all of these were right up my alley. You know, if you had yeah. Judas Kiss and Coloring Song and More Power to You and all that stuff, I just pray, uh, praise you the Lord. I loved all that stuff, so that yeah. was that was great to hear it live. Yeah, I, <clears throat> not of this world. That was my first introduction to Petra, so I loved Grave Robber and God Pleaser being on this album. Of course, um, yeah. Just two of my favorite Petra songs. Yep. And, you know, to to go back to what you talked at the beginning, uh, Derek, about whether you want it to sound raw or produced, I was looking at the CD today, and in the liner notes, the producer, Jonathan David Brown, said that his excitement for this album comes from the fact that there are so few studio corrections that had to be made to the live performance. Oh, wow. So that's wow. what he loved about it. It was so good live already. And in fact, at the time, he called it his favorite Petra album, which I was a little surprised to hear. Wow. Now, now, wait a minute. You, you, you surprised me on this. So I have to go back for just a second. So okay. you were looking at the CD liner notes. So am I to understand yes. that you own a CD copy of this album? I do. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Good for you, Dave. <laughs> well, thanks. Dan would have owned one, but it got ripped off. That's right. Somebody <laughs> took it from me. <laughs> but I did have it. If you have no idea what we're talking about, go back to the episode where Before Dan this, talks yeah. about that. I can't remember Russ's, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where his CD collection got pilfered. So, yeah. Oh, that's great, Dave. I'm, I, that's a pretty rare CD to own. I Is it really? Used, yeah, used copies of that are not cheap. Wow. So, hang on to that one. Don't, don't, uh, don't let it go. It. I put it in this week a little bit to enjoy, but I saw that in the liner notes, and I was just shocked that this is uh, his favorite. Yeah. Because he did all those albums back then, right? He did, like, yep. uh, yeah. yeah, Never Say Die to Beat the System, or to this one. Yeah, I think he did Beat the System, too. Did, no, yeah, he, did he, he? did. He did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. After that, after Volts left, I think they went kind of in a yeah. different direction. True. So, yeah, this is a good one. I I, I think that the, the bad missteps here are the solos and... And did ha, okay, so two questions for you guys. Do you guys remember the long form video that came out with this, where you could watch the whole concert? Yes, I did not. Okay, you never know, seen that, it though. We saw it at a youth group event. I remember that. Oh so yeah, that was that was a big deal. And then here's the here's the other question, and you knew it was coming. Did you go to this tour, the concert that played for this tour? I I did actually. I saw two stops. Okay. Uh, one intentionally, one unintentionally. I'll explain. So the one in uh, in Wichita, I yep. went to. It was yep, late. I was there. I believe it was late on the tour, right? Like I think so. I think so. Yep. Well, early in the tour, um, my birthday was in August, and uh, my parents sent me down to Tulsa to go to like a, a like a mini festival. So it was like a one night show, and Amy was the headliner. Russ was going to perform, so I was pretty excited. Well, we get there and we find out that Amy has a vocal issue, so Petra is stepping in. Wow. So I got to see, you know, that's the first time I got to see Petra live, and it was early in the oh, Beat the wow. System tour. And I felt kind of bad for them because after Russ performed, a lot of people left. I think, you know, the ones that were expecting to see Amy. So it was good for me. I got to run up right up front and uh, enjoy, you know, Beat the System. So oh, perfect. Um, I've got that, you know, I've got that experience in yeah. my head. But yeah, it was, a great, it was a big tour for Christian music back then, wasn't it? It was. It really was. It was a big tour, big stage. Yep. I remember the big stage, and yeah, it was really something. 
So, well, speaking of the stage, didn't you have a story about the stage? Oh yeah, I I heard them tell the story when they uh, when they did they got together and did a show what twenty seventeen I think, and something like that. Yeah, and they it, they called it Classic Petra, and so for this show that was going to be filmed again for another live concert, they wanted to get that stage. Well, they had given it away to a youth group way back in whatever that tour ended eighty six I guess, <laughs> and so Hartman says. Well, I thought, well, I just call that. Somehow he had that church's name, and he called, and the same guy they gave it to was still there. And oh, man. Oh, man. He's like, do you have a – you don't still have that stage, do you? And he goes, oh, yeah, we got out in the garage. Ah, oh, that's so perfect. They, they picked up the stage and used it for that uh, for that reunion show, which I thought was pretty cool. That, that is crazy. Yeah, that's good. That's yep. really good. Well, I'm glad you still have the CD, Dave. I'm jealous. That's, that's one I'd love to own. So I'm, I'm a big own the CD guy. So yeah. I'm, I'm – I'm I'm uh, I'm adm- admiring you still have it, so that's great. Thanks. Yeah, it's a great great live album. Great choice, yep. I think, to talk about. You know, and I like Dan said something that stuck out with me with this album was Greg is just a natural MC, great oh, yeah. energy, and just gets the crowd involved. So yep. And so the, one of the reasons I like it is similar to what I was saying earlier, which is I do think it captures a pretty good depth of sound in this one. I yeah. think it captures the crowd well. Um, like I said, just a few things I'd probably, you know, in retrospect, leave off. Yeah. Solos and things like that. The other piece, this is going to be maybe a little controversy that I'd leave off, I guess, is I love, again, live when you are inviting people to Jesus, but I don't know if we put it on the record. Oh, <laughs> kind they of put the altar the call sort of thing. Yeah, the altar call yeah. invitation. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Like, mm, not really. I don't know if I really put that there, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the rest of it was just. Fantastic. So that was 86. Yeah. Anything else to add? Nope. Nothing for me. That's good. Yep. All right. So then in 87, we get Michael W. Smith's live set. The live set. The live Um, set. Live set. (laughs) And again, live version of the big picture. So 12 songs on the CD, five of them from big picture. Um, There's two, I guess, and a half new songs that you won't hear on any other album. So if you're a Michael B. Smith fan, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. So again, you're not going to hear it anywhere else. So, um, and this includes some amazing players. Oh, yes. we got, Boy, does it? Oh, all, all yeah. Star here. Yeah, we got Chris Harris on drums. Uh, excuse me, on bass. We got David Huff on drums. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, Wayne Kirkpatrick on guitar, and of course Michael. But uh, so. Mark Heimerman Great on keyboards. Great setup. Yes. yes. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just a fantastic album. I could listen to this one also over and over again. Boy, um, for sure. So this would be this would be one if I played that game with my daughters. So, hey, guess the song. You would have never guessed this first. Song. No, no, no. The, the live <laughs> version of uh, Nothing But the Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah. but the blood. So uh, great. I, I call that one the half new song. I guess. Yep. Um, but what I love about this song is it really is kind of a, I don't know, I guess call to worship or something familiar, you know, for people. Right. It's an old, you know, the hymn with a modern twist, something you can easily sing along to. Uh, again, just great depth of sound. Um, and it sounds like each member of the troop here is singing pieces of this song. Oh, very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it sets the stage right off the bat. Hey, this is a Christian concert. And then they roll right into Lamu, 
Yeah. Which is something pretty unfamiliar, probably to most people. Lamu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably if you had your parents along, they'd be leaning over going, what's he singing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and did you guys so. notice the length of Lamu? On yes. Eight minutes, no. and 27 yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. Intro. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's so fantastic. It, I got a question before we move on to you guys. I had, I actually still have the VHS of this show. Perfect. Yes. I, I saw the show. And yep. Me too. Nothing but the blood is not on. Was not in the show when I nope. saw it, and it's nope. not in the. It's not in the VHS tape. So, is this something they just opened this particular concert with, or was it even at the beginning? Maybe it was at the end. I, I don't know. Yeah. You guys know the answer? Do not. I know. don't. Do okay. not know. I did not remember it. I'm glad you brought that up because I knew I had never heard it live until this album came out. Right. I did not remember the VHS, so you, you got me on that. So, but I not when they started with it or when they started with this on the album, I had no idea what it was. Yeah, same here. No clue. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's a great way to start it. It is. And and uh, again, we carry on the streak of. Dan or Dave and Derek having been at the same yeah. concerts and not even knowing each other at the right. time. So that's right. We're on a major roll here. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So we go, yeah, we go Lamu, you're all right, obviously from uh from the big picture. And then Could He Be the Messiah? I think a great transitional song into the slower block on this concert. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, Rocket Town. So, you know, really five songs in, we're into the slower part. And then you get Emily, yeah, first new song, um, yep. written with Michael Lee Smith and Wayne Kirkpatrick. Love this song, just yep. heartfelt, amazing yep. lyrics. Um, you know, that kind of exude a yearning for a girl, pleading the path that she is getting ready to walk. Right. You know, so being being a daughter of, or being a, husband, a daughter, a father of three daughters. Right. I, you know, I can hear the heartfelt. Yep. In it, I love it. Yep. Me too. Um, and then it goes right into I Know, which is another oof, second new song. Michael Smith, Wayne Kirkpatrick, again, just love the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I and, know. Oh, thanks. Whoa. You got it. Hey, oh, Michael, yeah. glad you could join the podcast, buddy. Yeah, since we can't well, play the song. Welcome Smitty to the podcast. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Yes. No, that's a great song. And then we go to track eight, which... Friends, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm just, I was burned out on Friends at the time the first album was kind of getting airplay. So <laughs> by the time we got to the live set, I was like, I could have, I could have handled another song. Well, for example, on the VHS well, cassette, yeah. well, I'll, I'll just make the point on the VHS cassette that Dave has, there's a killer version of um, Restless Heart uh, from Michael Lewis Smith 2. The one where Amy sings the the kind of the core the the chorus. Wayne Kirkpatrick sings it live. Yeah, that's on the that's on the other smooth. That's on the Friends tour. But yeah, oh, you're that's right. right. That, you're right. You're right. But of that course. is a that is a great version of that song. Right. Why couldn't they have had Restless Heart on here? Now I know why. It's because it's Friends, and yeah. everybody yeah. wants to hear Friends. So I yeah. get it. I, it's it's. People are going to look at it and say, "Is friends on here? Okay, I'll buy it." You know that, but True. for the hardcore fan like us, we're wanting kind of the deeper cuts. So yeah. he could have done Ad, he could have done Ad Nine. I would have been fine. 
Yeah, or computer brain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's her own version of computer brain. It's her brain. Yes. <laughs> That's a prerequisite. Every CCM album from this time has to have a version of computer brain. That's just the way it's going to no. happen. No. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> and, and they do a pretty good job coming out of that with Old Enough to Know. Yes, perfect. Uh, Reddit Pursuit of a Dream. I think some great, a great strong finish here. Be strong and courageous. And then instead of a um, and maybe he did live. Maybe he did a uh, a plea uh, altar call live. But right. the song "You Need a Savior" I think kind of fills in for that. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, this is a strong one. That that band really just you can't go wrong. Um, every every player here is amazing, and of course, obviously, Michael is no slouch at all either. So right. this band, this band, and this artist were just a marriage. A perfect marriage, and it, boy, they made some great music together. They really did. And you know, the Smitty so shows you, back then had had so much energy, and I'm glad they were able to capture some of that with this album. And the thing I love about going to see him is, at least back in the day, he did, maybe does a little now, but he used to change the songs up, and it would take you a second to realize what was going on, or they yes. would, they would add an amazing Chris Rodriguez guitar solo in the middle of Could He Be the Messiah, right. and then he does another one to end the song. And it's like, yeah. wow, where can I get a copy of that version? You right. Know, it, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. it's on this album. Right. Oh, and, you know, we should mention, uh, if we're doing our wish list of live albums we wish we had back then that we never will have, how about we add a few years later when Smitty took that big Change Your World band out with yes. all the dancers and everything, and yep. Jimmy Slows on on uh on bass and tony palacios from guardian on guitar yes. yeah i mean great that's band. a that's a great video but where's yeah. the cd where's the two cd live album it's, good question ah, just wish yeah. we had that yeah. so, never gonna happen not gonna happen no nope. great choice well, and then, i think uh, they did a great job also again of capturing the live feel of it so just like you mentioned there dave what they do a great job of is to you don't have the solos in there I mean, or like a solo track right. or a solo section, but you've got these intros and outros with these yes. great musicians. Right. Um, and I, that's, they did a fantastic job on that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like, I love yeah. the version of Rocket Town on this one. A very a kind of African feel, the way it starts. And it's just it's a great. It's very version. nice. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Couldn't agree. So for, for anybody listening, I think some homework. If you haven't heard Emily and I Know yet, because you're, maybe you're a Michael Lee Smith fan and, you haven't heard those two songs that are, as far as I know, they're only on this CD. Yeah. Right? They're on the... Uh, or later. The box set that I've got, oh gosh, the first decade or something like that. Um, no, Wonder Years. I think that that's the name of the box that I've got. I think it has both Emily and I know on it. Okay. So. And, and the live version, like this one? I believe it is. I believe, okay. I believe it is, yes. Yeah. This album is out of print, so this one's hard to find too. So if you go to Discogs and look for a used copy of the live set, you're going to pay some money. Hey, guess what, Derek? Mm -hmm. Hey, what, Dave? I've got a copy of this one too. No, you don't. I'm coming over there right now and just <laughs> I'm going to pull a Dan Day and just steal all your stuff. <laughs> That's right. That's no, great. <laughs> so you better lock up your CDs because I'm coming over. All right, I'm going to get a security right. system. Yeah, man. That's great. So the uh, last one, or next one I have in line here, is then we go to 1988, and you and you get Dar Garmo and Key. Dar Garmo. The Garmo and Key. 
rock solid, absolutely live. Now we haven't talked about DeGarmo Key yet, um, which I think we'll get to at some point. Um, love these. I personally love these guys. Yeah. But I think on this live CD, I don't know, when I'm listening back to it, it seems like there's something missing from Depth of Sound here. It seems a little thin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the song and the songs actually fade in and out. Yeah. Uh, I would have preferred they just mixed all that together. Yeah. Boy. You know, mixed in the audience cheers from song to song. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm, so. I'm so glad you brought that up because when I listened to this, because it was on our list of things to listen to, and boy, the sound just really made it hard for me to and I knew some of the songs. I'm not as big of a DeGarmo Key fan as you guys are, but you know, I knew stuff especially from like Streetlight, kind of that era. Mm-hmm. And so I liked Addie and and some of those songs, Don't Stop the Music, Six Six Six. Um so it was really I was really hoping it would sound better and it just didn't it kind of really was subpar. Yeah. I yeah I'm, I'm with you, Dan. It just didn't didn't grab me at all the sound of it in 2020 right yeah well compared to i think compared to the other two we just did too and I mean, yeah right. you listen back yep. to those other two they they had it but i don't know something just didn't quite translate here as well right. as it could have i think yeah I and agree. then and also okay so back to my daughters and we play this game of guessing the first song typically we would guess songs that are like yeah they're going to come out with you know this song this just rocking song and they're going to get the crowd fired up and right this this one starts with casual christian right <laughs> right yeah and just a uh, bizarre very very slow i don't want to be yes a... like yeah huh. like okay i mean that was kind of underwhelming yeah, yeah was. but I was like, I would have never guessed that to be the first song, right. ever. <laughs> well, and it's, right. it's kind of awkward because, the you know, it's the first song, the crowd's going nuts, and it's a really slow song, and then the crowd kind right. of disappears during the song. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did like, everybody go? Like, wait, we're, yeah, we're supposed to pull out our lighters now? Wait right. a minute, what? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> exactly. This is too early. <laughs> this is too early. <laughs> wait, strange. why do we have lighters at a Christian concert? <laughs> yeah, right. that, that's the real question. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Well, I was to read your Bible back then. Oh, okay. oh yes. Couldn't it. see anything. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, dark. got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. it. Got it. Okay. It, it was the, it was the light of the world lighters. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys see them around this time live? I I may have. Seen I did. Them. Okay. Yep. When was this released again? What was the date on this? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Okay. I saw them in eighty-nine. Um, I only saw them twice, early on and then this late show. But, uh, yeah, I saw them in 89, and, you know, I'll be honest. It was good. It, you know, yeah. it didn't blow me away. And, yeah. But, but the opening act for them was a little trio named DC Talk. Oh. Right. Right. They, they came to my co- our college, and I remember all of my friends were just so pumped up about DC Talk. And, like, they weren't really talking Perfect. much about D&K. They're like, I love oh. that new band. Yes, so. that's. And when when was the time you saw them before Dan, uh, Dave? What 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 was the earlier concert? Um, was that out in California? Was, yeah, it was late seventies when they were actually. It was an Amy Grant show, and they were the oh, backing band. Gotcha. And when she took a uh, break in the middle, they played a few of their songs. Gotcha. But uh, I yeah. never really got to see them like in their heyday. You know, like when it was the Commando and Six 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 and all that. I saw him on the Commander Sozo tour, okay. um, and that was um, Jesse Dixon was the opening act. So it was oh, kind of okay. a an R and B opener, and then the the uh, the 
kind of the harder rock sound of D&K. So right. it was an odd mix, but yeah. So that was a, it was a, it was a pretty good show. I remember seeing him at the, at the convention. I think it was the convention hall in century too. So, okay, nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I so, mean, this is, this and of course this, this, this album does uh, a lot of the D&K song or some from the D&K songs streetlight. So that's another one of my favorite albums from that. Yeah, that's a great album. And I love those two together. Um, and then going back, uh, so one of my favorites in this album, of course, is Don't Stop the Music, six, mm-hmm. the sixth track. The guitar solo from Dana, I'm assuming it's Dana, Yeah, uh, is amazing. Um, Holy Hustle follows right after that. Mm-hmm. With pieces of Eddie DeGarmo on the keyboard there at the end. Mm-hmm. So they do, again, they do a pretty good job showcasing their own talent without having to create a whole track. Right. Yeah. Solo. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, uh, anyway... But yeah, I would have put probably Casual Christian toward the end again, kind of being that I don't know altar call or thought, you know, thought provoking type of thing before you leave the show. You know, how can right. I go change the world? Um, so, but other than that, so it's some good songs in here. I just wish it had that better depth of sound to it. Yeah, yeah, mm, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so other than that, those are the three I had. What do you guys got? Well, I will. I've only got one, so I I, I want to just throw my out and see what you guys think. And um, if you guys haven't heard it, that's fine. I didn't really let anybody know what I was listening to, so that's that's neither here nor there. And then I want to throw out a couple of uh, honorable mentions okay. before yes. before we do that. But uh, so the one that I listened to, and the only reason I listened to it was because I wasn't familiar with it. So I wanted to kind of just get familiar with it. I wanted to listen to something I hadn't listened to before. And that was um, Steve Taylor's Liver from 1995. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's the one. Now, this is not on Spotify. It's not on any of the streaming services. So I had to go out to YouTube to listen to this. And um, evidently, this is a kind of a Steve Taylor um, souvenir. Thank you to his fans that he recorded on the Squinter National Tour. So it was he was touring in support of the squint album and this came out on warner alliance in 95 and um steve taylor's music is not my cup of tea and so Mm -hmm. um i I tried not to let that i tried to just approach it just let it just listen to it and see what i thought and i i enjoyed some of it um i really love jim morrison's grave uh i really loved there's kind of a creepy, slow, grunge-influenced version of On the Fritz that I think works really well on this album. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that's, if you if you want to do homework, dear listener, go out and listen to, and you'll have to find it on YouTube, and that's the liver version of On the Fritz. It's really interesting what he does with that song there. And I loved the two... Uh, Chagall Guevara songs that he included, Escher's World and Violent Blue. Yeah, great songs. Um, I love that Chagall Guevara album. I'm sure we'll deep dive into that at some point. Yeah. And so I loved that he included those. And so, yeah, and it is interesting at the beginning of this album, he throws out kind of a mention, it's good to be here tonight in, and then he splices in all of the places that they went on that tour. And oh. so you kind of have to hear it in context, but he says, it's good to be here tonight. And, 
and then it's literally the intro for every tour stop. <laughs> and one of the tour stops is Wichita. Yeah. Huh. So I don't know where he would have played here in Wichita. Um, I didn't go to the show. I was kind of not doing the CCM thing at that point. So I don't know where they played, but yeah. maybe the Cotillion. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Probably. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. So um, so that was one I listened to. And again, uh, it's this is kind of a, a rare live album, and it's, it's not on the streaming services. So you'll have to go out to, to Spotify to pick up on it. And the two that I want to throw out. Hey, real quick, that, though, too. Uh, yeah, I want to add on to that. One of the things not on the streaming service is the live set. Oh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, You're right. It's that's not. Right. Song, so if you want to hear live set, yeah. yep, you're going to have to go out to YouTube. To YouTube, yep. YouTube. Yep. Yeah, that's too bad. And that liver album, Derek, I haven't listened to it in a while. That definitely has like a raw sound to it, if I remember It right definitely then. does. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it's, but it's a very, it's a well-recorded album. So I think okay. it's, uh, yeah, they did a good job recording it. So okay. they oh. clearly put some money to to recording it. Gotcha. Um, the the two that I want to mention that um, are, they're, they're just kind of near and dear to my heart. And they fall outside of our, um, they fall outside of our 95 or 85 to 95. And I'm just going to mention them because I like them and we don't, we don't have to spend any time on them. Um, one of them is um, the album, uh, How the West Was Won by Second Chapter of Acts and Phil Kagi and a band called David. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, maybe you know this one better than Dan. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, it's uh, been a long time since I heard it, but I know from, uh, I know it's a what year was of, that? of a lot of people. Yeah, it was uh, 1977. 77, gotcha. 1977. So if you've not heard How the West Was Won, uh, and that's W, uh, How the West Was O-N-E instead of W-O-N, um, you know, it got released on CD for a while. Um, kind of one of those, oh, CD, uh, Mer, I think, put it out. It was kind of greatest C- Jesus music CDs. Anyway, it's great. It's really good. It's got Richard Souther on on piano and keyboards. Um, of course, it's got second chapter facts and Phil Keggy's on fire on this album. It's a really good. It's probably the best Phil Keggy live album you'll get. And he was at the peak of his powers, kind of back there in '77. So oh. it's that's a really good one. And so I really like that one. Um, it's always been a favorite, and I wish it was easier available on cd i don't own it but it is on streaming services so there you go so you can you can listen to that the other one i'll mention and i'll cede the floor to dave but um that is a a live album by the late great pfr um pfr okay released a live album really in 2000 i believe it was two uh actually came out in 2012 Sorry about that. So this is way beyond, obviously. Way beyond, yeah. That, that's that's why I'm not going to spend my <laughs> time on it. But anyway, they got back together in 2012 and actually put out a live album. Now, the reason I bring this up is because would would you would you guys agree that this band should have been captured live back in their heyday in the early 90s? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so yeah. see this Sparrow Vireo, you guys blew it. 
this band killed it live. It's, they were yep. so good. And so when they got back together um, in 2012, they released a live album called Minneapolis. And that's because they're from Minneapolis and they played a show there. And there's great tunes on it. Merry Go Around, Great Lengths, Pray for Rain, That Kind of Love, Wonder Why, Goldie's Last Day. And so, boy, I sure wish this band had been captured live back in, say, 93 or 94. Because we did see them live back then in Wichita. Our our radio station brought them in. And I just remember Mm -hmm. how good they were live. The vocal harmonies were wonderful. The instruments were tight. That was a great live band. And they should have, they the the record company should have done better by them. So, yeah. And they were just three guys and they put out just an unbelievable live sound. They did. Yep. So PFR, we're in your corner on this. We wish you had been recorded live (laughs) back in the day. Yes. That's what I got. Speaking of out of bounds and just a little bit out of bounds. But it's a great, another amazing live album is DC Talks. Welcome to the Freak Show. Yes. So, yeah, yeah we don't have time to go into all that. But, you know, DC Talk did a great, you know, right after Jesus Freak, you're a big yep. one. There comes a, here comes your live album. It's fantastic. Yep. Um, the other one to mention, not going to go into here, but uh, probably it's the chagrin of a lot of people, <laughs> um, is uh, I Stephen think I Curtis Chapman. Oh, Stephen okay. Curtis Chapman. Yeah, Live Adventure. Mm-hmm. So live adventure, I listened back to that one. It was okay. I mean, I, yeah. you know, another another probably some of the solos in there I didn't wasn't too excited about because again you just the replayability of it wasn't there. But it wins a Grammy. Oh, it won a Grammy. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Did so like a that. Grammy winning live CD. Huh. In the group. Well, what was the Grammy? What was the Grammy category? Um, I believe it was best contemporary Christian. Uh, I'll find it here. Let's see. Yeah, uh, pop best pop slash contemporary gospel album. Interesting. So that must have been a pretty thin year. Eighty three, and that was eighty. Yeah. No, ninety three. Sorry, ninety three. Oh, ninety three. Sorry, yes, ninety three. Okay. Well, huh. which is interesting. The same year as Liturgy Legacy. Oh boy, from Rich. I know. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Soul from Margaret Becker. I mean. So it's, I don't know. It's interesting. It won. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'll you just, leave that there. Okay. I'll leave that yeah. there. Yeah. I yeah that's even... one. I didn't even. I think I listened to maybe one song off that, and I thought, yeah, no, I no. Yeah. yeah it was okay. It was okay. It was the same response I had when I listened to the uh, DNK live. I never. I never purchased that one either. I just. It just didn't appeal to me for whatever reason. Yeah, but you know, to hear a lot of those other albums—that's just—that's uh, crazy. Yeah. Speaking of Stephen Curtis, I'll, I'll just—I hadn't planned to to kind of go here, but I'll—I'll I'll, I'll just bring this up and see what you guys think. This is not live albums per se, in in that it's live um, discs, but live videos. Do you guys remember when Sparrow released those front row videos? No, You're, kind of. Do you guys remember those? Dan, do you remember that? Uh Uh-uh. No. uh -uh. Okay. So they released what they were calling the front row. It was kind of at the height of the unplugged thing. So you're talking probably 91, 92, somewhere around in there. And so Sparrow had kind of a live unplugged before kind of a small kind of coffee shop audience. And it was, you know, they filmed before like on a nice little sound stage that they created and filmed before a studio audience filmed before 30 paying (laughs) patrons. (laughs) Right. 
And so, um, one of them was uh, one of them was Margaret Becker, and she played with Rich Hordinsky from Over the Rhine. He w- it was those two. There was Michael Card, who played solo, and then had John Catchings on cello, and then that Stephen Curtis played, and I think he had a bass player and a maybe a drummer with a small kit, if I remember. And then the best one. In fact, I still own this one. I still have two. I still have Margaret Becker's and I still own this one. And that was the Charlie Peacock trio Hmm. with Charlie, Vince Ebo and Jimmy A. And that one is incredible. That one is amazing. So these have all been digitized, of course, and are on YouTube, of course. So if our listeners want to go out and just Google or just YouTube any of those names, Michael Card, Charlie Peacock, Margaret Becker, and Stephen Curtis Chapman front row, they're all out there. But I'm telling you, the one with Charlie is just incredible. And it gives you a really good view of how good that that live group was, that trio. So nice. Yeah, it's it's, cool. It's good. I've got a couple of quick mentions here for live albums yep. that, uh, that I came across. And I'm going to go back to the mid-80s Steve Taylor live album called Limelight. Yes. There again, yeah. you cannot listen to on streaming services, just on YouTube. Yep. Um, and, of course, this is not just Steve Taylor. It's Steve Taylor and some band. And some band. Like to call it. And some right. band. Yes. But uh, it, I think this album really captures the fun um, that he brought to, to the Christian music scene and... It's got a lot of energy and something that uh, you didn't hear a lot on live albums back then. A lot of saxophone. Oh, yes. About every song. Oh, yes. A lot of fun. Um, Of course, highlights. I used to be a clone. Great one on the Fritz. We don't need no color code, which has one of my favorite Steve Taylor lines. Uh, The bumper sticker on his Ford says, Honkies, if you love the Lord. (laughs) Yes. Uh, One of my favorite Steve Taylor lines. Uh, Whatever happened to Sin, Meltdown, a great version of Meltdown at Madame Tussauds. And this he does it at the to the close it out. He does a duet with Sheila Walsh, who was big. Um, this is from '86, by the way. Big back then, not going to fall away. And it's just a uh, you know, it's the sound is pretty good. It's not going to blow you away. It's more of a kind of like live, or it's more of a raw feel. Yeah. But um, it does a good job of recreating what a going to a live Steve Taylor show was like back in the day. So it's called Limelight. And again, you can get it on, you can listen to it on YouTube. I can't get it on a streaming service. I would love to have a, a physical copy of this somehow, though. Yeah. And then the other one I'll mention is a little bit bet- uh, before our time frame. And this is from 83, and it's Leon Patillo's The Live Experience, one of the first oh, live albums yes. that I listened to a lot. Um, Me and too. What- and what was great about Leon, and he's, he's still doing this, he's still performing, he plays all the instruments on his keyboard. He's got, you know, it's set up around him, so he plays everything on this album. And uh, probably my favorite part of the album is like a eight or nine minute version of Dance Children Dance. It just oh, goes yes. on. And in the middle, he goes crazy with the keyboards. Uh, Star of the Morning, another great song is on this. Yep. The wedding song, Flesh to My Flesh, is a beautiful song. So uh, I would say for homework for our listeners, if you want to get just a fun live album, the live experience 
from Leon Patillo is great to listen to. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I I loved this album so much back in the day. I that's one of the things that people are surprised about me for a guy that was into shredding as much as I was <laughs> guitar right. shredding. I was such an R and B fan. I I was the weird kid that would come home and watch <laughs> Soul Train back in the seventies. So I loved Live Experience. I I loved that long version of Born Again. I love Flesh of My Flesh. I yep. love Dance Children Dance. This was that, I'm so glad you brought that up. This I listened to this one a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a great album. Yeah. So D- okay. Dare so the I last one. Yeah, I do this. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so we won't take long. Should we well should we close on this one? Yes. Okay. The listeners are wondering what are they going to talk about? Well, what we're going to talk about is the very controversial um, White Heart live at Six Flags. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, so, explain the controversy behind this uh, fantastic live album. Well, my and, by, under- and by the way, real quick, is it technically Chris Christian with White Heart at Six Flags, or is it? White yes. Heart Did you notice that too? Because some yes. versions say Chris Christian, right. White Heart live at Six Flags. Yes. I forgot yeah, about that. There are some versions that have that. Um, I, okay, so the best I understand it from digging around on the interwebs is that, according to, I think Daniel Blackwood's got this on his on his page, some correspondence with Billy Smiley from Whiteheart back then. Live at Six Flags was put out by Home Sweet Home Records, which was owned by... Chris Christian. Uh, and I think Home Sweet Home released the first two Whiteheart studio albums. Does that sound right, guys? Yes, I think that's correct. Or is that? Think, yeah. It, so no, for sure Vital the first signs, one. Vital Signs and Whiteheart? Or? I know yeah, for sure yeah, the first one. Okay, yeah, maybe yeah. just the first one. Okay, I can't remember. I think it's both. But... I think maybe both, yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe for Hotline, they were off on a new label. Is that right? Yes, that's true. Okay. Yep. So, evidently, Chris Christian went kind of nuts r- releasing best of albums. So, you had Attack, and you had Nothing But The Best, Radio and Rock, and then you had um, Quiet Storm, and then you had Whiteheart Beat Up The Bad Guys, and then you had <laughs> Whiteheart Mellow and Chill. You know, I don't know. I'm just making up stuff. <laughs> and then you had this oddball... Uh, live album, live at Six Flags, and this evidently, according to Billy Smiley, it's recorded in mono, which is the opposite of stereo. Yeah, and, not at all like the depth of sound we just talked about. No, yeah, it's right. easily one of the worst sounding live albums of the bunch that we've talked about. And again, that's just such a crying shame because that band especially when they got Tommy Sims and Chris McHugh, right. they were unbelievable. That Freedom Era band was just on fire. They were so good. And they never really redeemed themselves with the live. No. And so this, this is the best we've got is Live at Six Flags. And well, the- this is a pretty this is a pretty good band, too, with Dan Huff, David Huff, Gary Lund. Gary, you know, I, and- I was, yes, you, you, you just said, you just, you went right where I was going to go. Oh, sorry. And that, no, 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 that's, that you, you got it. It's, it's, it's too bad this band didn't get a, a fair shake live either. True. 
because yep. that it's got a nice uh, short Gary Lund solo. It's got the Dan Huff. Um, I actually like to hear the Dan Huff live solo here. So I'm going against everything I said earlier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just too bad. This this band never got a fair shake live. Either this version of the band or the Freedom version. They just yeah. they just didn't get a fair shake. So Chris Christian, if you're listening, dude, what what do do we not have a, a stereo version of this album or something? So. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's between Whiteheart and Chris Christian, but it's a very odd album. Wouldn't you guys agree? It's it's very yeah, strange. Yeah, it's very very strange to listen to. And it is on streaming services. Yeah. Yeah, why is that one on streaming services but the live set is low live set, yeah. Right. Yeah, or liver. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, I just looked up here that Hotline was on Home Sweet Home, so you can hear songs oh. from Hotline yep. on White Hearts, you know, Live Again, you know, the greatest hits or whatever. Yes, yeah. White, so. White Heart, the new, the latest uh, greatest hits album. Right. The greatest hits this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Crazy. Yep. Well, yeah. that's, a, that's a good one to end on. Yep. But yeah. it's a sad one to end on, I guess. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that was that was fun. Well, thank you guys so much it for was. joining us and uh, looking back at some of our favorite live albums. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.